You don't have customers in the restaurant business. They are gonna be your guests. What do you think about your guests? How do you how do you welcome your guests in your house? Well, well I have to make sure they're clean, they're nice, I look presentable, I wanna have the best the best presentation they come into our house. That's the mentality you need to have. They're not gonna be your customer, but for you it's gonna be your guests because they're gonna be people you wanna build those relationships for life. Well, I set out to find a great McKinney hamburger. Was I able to find it? And did I find a whole lot more? We'll find out on this week's episode. My name is Jeff Harrell, and this is Discovery McKinney. Oh, the sound of a hamburger on the grill. It's got my taste buds firing. Delicious. What is it about a hamburger? It's ground beef, some bread, and some condiments, but yet put it together, and it is oh so delicious. I think part of it is nostalgia, grilling hamburgers out by the pool. And if you grew up in the 80s like I did, people were always trying to get their hands on a hamburger. Remember the Hamburglar? Today's subject, the Hamburglar. The Hamburglar is very clever and very sneaky. What about Wimpy? Wimpy always trying to get himself a little bit of a free burger. I'd gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Bit of a layaway plan. Well, I wanted to find a great McKinney hamburger. There is no shortage of hamburger places in town. But I wanted to find a place that that's what they do. They specialize in the hamburger. And I knew that there was one place that I could turn to get a little bit of info and insight. And that's my friend, Marcy. Hello? Marcy! What up, Hefe? What are you doing? Oh, I am. I'm just having a lot of fun. I'm calling you, though, to see what you're doing. Well, actually, um, I'm watching my husband, Tim, clean out a closet, and I'm trying to look super busy so I don't have to help. Oh, are you? That's exactly what's happening over here. Are you the supervisor? I'm the supervisor. <laughs> I am the supervisor. We both can't get in there. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Of course, he's got to do it. Ridiculous. Exactly. He's strong. He's so strong and his <laughs> hair is flowing. It is fantastic. Oh, he looks really good doing it too. <laughs> I've never seen him look as sexy as when he cleans out a closet for me. So true. <laughs> I've had that very same thought. Oh, but, I think a lot of people do. <laughs> but I digress. Hey, I'm doing a search and I wanted your help. First of all, okay. what do you think about hamburgers? Oh man, I love hamburgers. I love them. From a homemade mama burger to the the best char grilled, what you can get. I just love hamburgers. And, and the reason I call you because you you have so much information and insight, Marcy. You, you look at the world <laughs> ways that other people don't. What is it about? <laughs> if you mean opinionated, yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> so a hamburger is ground meat and some bread and some condiments, but it's so like you put them together and it's so delicious. Like, why do you think that is? Well, there's just so many different things you can do with them, Jeff. I had a friend not too long ago made me a hamburger and he put peanut butter and a homemade spicy raspberry jelly. Oh. It had bacon. It had still had the onions and stuff on it. It sounds kind of gross, but it was amazing. You can, you can do anything with burgers. You They're so what? good. I bet I can guess who that was. That was that was the greatness of Doug Mosel, wasn't it? Oh, you know it was the greatness of Doug Mosel. <laughs> of course, it was the Doug Mosel. Yeah, Chef Dougie. Well, since Doug does not have his own restaurant, I'm trying to find the best, or one of the greatest anyway, burgers in McKinney. Do you have any places you can send me? Any recommendations other than Doug's kitchen at his house? Other than Doug's kitchen, yes. Let me think. Um you know what? There's a place I haven't tried yet, but I want to go to is One and Only Burger. Have you heard of that one? I, you know it's what? over in East McKinney. It's funny you mentioned it because my dad loves that place. I have not been. Oh, really? Yeah, I haven't either. We should go check it out. Let's let's go to get let's grab Doug and my wife Allison and let's go. Let's just and Tim <laughs> and Tim's here and let's go. <laughs> Sounds like a winner. I am down the clown. Awesome. Well, Marcy, as always, thank you for your information. I'm going to head on over to One and Only. All right. I'll talk to you later, Jeff. See ya. Bye. Bye. So I hopped in the car and I headed for the northeast corner of McDonald and Highway 5 in northeast McKinney. And driving up, almost missed it. You've probably driven by it maybe a hundred times. But there it is. One and Only Burger on the edge of the shopping strip. From the outside, looks like just any other burger joint, but on the inside, I found a whole lot more. As I walked in and looked around the place, I got to speak with the owner and founder, Gabriel Pineda, and it was an awesome, awesome conversation. Sit back, kick back, grab a burger, grab a, grab a shake, grab some fries, and enjoy this conversation. I'm originally from Mexico City. I uh, grew up in Southern California and moved to Texas about 23 years ago. I was going to be 19 years old. I was still a teenager, kind of, you know, and my, I moved to L.A., you know. It's when I, everything started for me in L.A. and Los Angeles. And did you speak any English? And no, 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 not at all. I just started learning. I took some classes in the beginning, and then I got a chance to... I started working in this business. They gave me the opportunity to interact with a lot of people with the language. They helped me out along the way. There's a lot of people helped me out along the way. But, you know, I took some classes at ESL in the beginning, and that was pretty much it. After that, you know, just get into the business and start working in the business. In the beginning, it was only me. And then I, have some, I come from a big family. I don't, uh, we have uh, my mom and dad. They're still alive, thank God. You know, they have eight kids. And they, wow. little by little, they start moving, you know, to the States, little by little. And I have my, my youngest brother. He's on his own restaurant, too, in, in California. He has his own breakfast place. And because we got into the business, too, the restaurant business. So you're 19 years old. You moved to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Don't speak any English. You're learning the language. Restaurant business. How did you get into the restaurant business? Well, back then, I got a chance to, to meet a couple 
they actually offered me to stay in their home for a little bit. And they, they tried to help me out to start getting a job. His name was Alejandro. And Alex told me, if you need to start somewhere, start in this business. So he took me down to LA, downtown LA, and we went and purchased a, a bicycle. Once we got the bicycle, he took me in the morning and I said, you know, okay, you see this uh, restaurant, this roller here is Sunset Boulevard. Between here and Echo Park, it told all the way to the end, Sunset Boulevard is like a million restaurants that you will find a job there, you know, something to start. And blocking myself, I guess, you know, I went into a place called uh, La Villa Tasco Mexican restaurant back in 1985. I was asking for a job and, and they offered me a job to be a dishwasher. And I said, okay, let's just start here. I mean, it's only 19, it's a job, you know, let's just start with this and we go from there. And that's how my career started. You know, I, I figured out then that I was going to be actually working in that restaurant business forever because I kind of liked the, the idea to be in the restaurant and enjoy what I was doing. I, I did want to ask you, so you're 19 years old. You come over from Mexico to the U.S. At that point, did you have dreams? Did you have, like, how am I going to survive? What's your mindset at 19 years old when you don't speak a lot of English and you're in a new country? Yeah. Had you heard a lot about the U.S., like, I think I can make something of myself? Or? Well, going to, growing up in Mexico City and, and going to L.A., it wasn't that much difference. You know, the, the challenge for a young people like me back then, the language barrier. Because getting, living in a big city, I was kind of used to that. You know, and I know how to survive in a big city. The only thing that I really needed was to find a job and, 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 to, fight, and to fight right away. And after that, pretty much just going on from there. I didn't know what I wanted in life. I just, the only thing I know, back then I still, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't do any drugs, I just wanted to work. Mm. And, and that was my whole intention, and, and start working in something, and maybe maybe get something out of this opportunity for me that, that God provided to me, you know, in life, in my early age, being almost 19, almost 20 years old. So. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah. So you started hustling and you got a job as a dishwasher. Yeah. What what did what happened after that? Did you how long did you have that job and then you start to go, you know what, I'd kinda like to be a waiter or I'd kinda like to be a bartender? What what happened after that? Well something happened to me. I, I remember that was like a Sunday Sunday brunch early in the mornings, you know, where uh, I was doing dishes, you know, right in the busy, busy, busy Sunday brunch. I I remember those days back in LA they were so busy. And, um, and I was doing dishes, and I was really happy doing dishes. I was singing, and the, and the, <laughs> and the GM come over. Uh, his name was Carlos. I still remember his name. Uh, and he was Mr. Mr. GQ portrait. You know, the guy with the suit, the tie, and everything. And the guy told me, hey, Gabriel, come here. Are you okay? And I said, yeah. Why, why are you so happy? Why are you singing? I said, well, I'm happy. I'm a, and he goes like, are you in drugs? Saying, no, I don't, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't do drugs, I don't even know what that is. Say, okay, it's okay, go back to your business, and I do your own thing. And in that moment, for whatever reason, it just, for whatever reason, it just hit me right then and then, because I wanted to be like that guy. Hmm. You know, say, so I want to I be like him, exactly like him. You know, I want to be a GM, I want to dress up with a, with a nice tie and a nice suit and be a GM and things like that. And, and for that moment on, I said, this is it. This is for me. This is going to be what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to learn this business the right way. And right, this is it. in that moment, I decided and I said, I'm going to do it. And no matter what. But I don't, I don't want to stay. I don't want to skip anything. I just go from my dream, dishwasher, my job, <laughs> the dishwasher, yeah. to, to be a GM, to whatever it takes. You know, I'm not going to 
I was gonna like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna skip anything, any of this thing. I'm gonna go from dishwasher to going into the kitchen, learn the kitchen the right way, being a buzzer and all the positions go little by little. They saw me, they, they, and they carry me out and say, okay, this guy is, this guy's young, he wants to learn, you know, let's just keep moving with this guy. And they give me every, every opportunity. And they just keep moving me up, you know, and they keep helping me out and say, that's not a problem. You wanna grow? There we go. That's, that's it for you to take. Yeah. And was your mindset, I, I want to move as quickly as possible up to the GM, or was it, I want to learn every area so I can be the best GM I possibly can be? Kind of like that. Was it set up like that? I mean, my mind was set up to learn really everything about the business, you know, and get into manager position thing. That was kind of like my dream, my goal. I said, I'm going to be at something like that in, in, in a year. I didn't say why, how many years, but I literally, you know, happened for me in about six years. From not knowing English to learn a little bit of the language and to learn that, that my job to be a GM. Amazing. So it took, it took me a, literally six years when they gave me the opportunity. They came out the key. I said, here you go. You want to be a GM? And they go, there's the key for you. Wow. And I said, okay. <laughs> and then I started drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what was your thought when they handed you the keys as a GM? Was it a, a, this idea of, man, that's a great accomplishment or is it? Oh, wow, more responsibility. I need to continue to work hard. I didn't know what I, I was getting myself into, it, to mm. be honest with you. You know, I mean, have that responsibility, have a crew of 45 people, a, sh a chef under my belt, a, a, an assistant manager, two chief manager, and then I have all these issues with, uh, you know, big, the, the having all the sales and all that. I didn't know, you know. So for me, it was just to, to just keep pushing myself, you know, and, and learning to. And to do a good job, you know, uh, most of them first for me and, and, to, and to deliver what the company, they need to respect whatever they wanted me to do in order for me to be successful. So I've become like a, a company guy, mm. you know, very, very strong, very, you know, attached to every policy and all that thing that I need to do because I was the, I was the GM. I was the guy who's actually going to, the people are going to look up to me. So I need to, to follow every, every single policy and everything that they need to do. Well, and I don't know you very well, Gabriel, but you seem like very much a people person. And so I'm, I'm just curious, when you were back there doing the dishes, not around people, did you really yearn to, is that part of the reason you wanted to be a GM, just to be with people, to be able to manage people, to work with people? To I think I was born with this, Jeff, yeah. to be honest with you. I think, it's just, I think I got the genes from my mom. My mom was very <laughs> friendly, very outgoing. No, she, no, she's still very friendly, very outgoing, because she's still alive. And she's 89 years old oh great for and her. she's still very but i think i got that from my mom and, and being responsible i got that from my dad because I, he showed me that no matter what uh, you know he was gonna he was gonna be uh, his job he never missed a day of work you know it, it took him about almost 30 years and the job that he was having and he never missed a day mm. so you get that from your dad so I look at him and it's like okay, i wanted to be him i want to i want to be you know like him in that regard like my mom, I, I'm kind of like that, you know. Yeah. One of the things I think that really pushed me more into the people was because when the, my supervisor, when they gave me the key of the restaurant for my first job as a GM, they said, you think you know everything? And I said, of course, I know everything, you know. I mean, I work, I work all my <laughs> life for this thing. You know, I've I know every single position. I know I'm ready. I said, no, you're not. I said, what do you mean? It was Stone Bryant, his name. I remember still. He said, you know, because now... This is going to be a different thing. You go, you have to learn about people. You mm -hmm. really need to learn the people because you're going to be dealing with people. You don't want to do dishes anymore. 
You don't want to be doing. You don't want to be waiting tables anymore. <laughs> you know what? This is not about people, and and you're gonna take care of your crew, and the people that comes to a restaurant. So I think that you know, but that moment on, I see what was my. I learned more, you know, but I need what I need to do more about people, and, and really take care of the people. They work with me. Yeah, the dishes don't call in late, right? They no, don't. They don't. No. They don't. They Walk out on the job. <laughs> well, what was the biggest challenge for you as a GM working with people now? Well, that, you know, really, really understanding and really what they, you know, try to get to know people and, and, and what they really need to, to, to accomplish what they need to accomplish and be there for them more than anything else. You know, along with the, whatever they, they wanted to do in, in their job, I want to be with them. You know, I, I wasn't be, I, wanna, I don't want to be the leader that they just go like, you know, tell what to do and do nothing. I was going to be telling what to do, how to do it, and do it with them for them to be successful. You know, whatever they, they do it, you know, and I know they're working in a company, they always go, there will always something going on. And we wanted to accomplish this together as a team. And they followed me, and, and, they, and I was really, really happy with that. And I think I, I really, uh, one of the things I enjoyed the most, that was, you know, being the leader for the, the, anything that I built. You know, it was people. Let's go people. Let's take yeah. care of them. So it wasn't about really managing people. It's about helping them develop. Yes, yes. You know, later in my career, I learned a little bit more about training. And then and, and I took a little break from being a GM and I became a trainer because I really like people and I like to teach. You know, that I got that from my dad. You know, <laughs> my dad, I was a professor, you know, in university in Mexico. You know, and I... I think I got that from from him, you know, the 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 love of, of teaching, the training, and, and and coach people to do a better job. And I I really like that. I did that for almost ten years, and and I enjoyed every minute of it. So you're you're a general manager. What led you from that to now? We're sitting in your restaurant. What, what were some of the major milestones or things that happened in between then and now? It it, it it happens a lot of things because I've been in the business almost forty years, you know. And then when I opened my business was almost ten years ago. But it's it, it just one thing that I, uh, for whatever reason, and it gets another, another feeling that I have that I say, you know what, let's change this. You know, I, I, I think I can do this on my own. Mm. You know, because working for so many companies, and, and, and I say, you know, I had the knowledge, I had the experience, I just had to, um, I just had to do it. You know, I just get, I got to give it a try. Yeah. You know, uh, like, how bad can it be? <laughs> you know? Just it just it start feeling inside of me. So let's do it. Let's just have the, the burning in my heart. So like let's do this. And I decided to do it. And I, and I said it wasn't gonna look back. You know, back in that in 2014, that was a very popular song that I remember. That was the best day of my life. And I don't know if you remember that song. They, they had that beat the gods. You know, this is the best day of my life. Whoa, oh, oh. I don't wanna look back. Uh-huh. So when when I gonna you know my son and I remember I said I'm not gonna gonna look back I just gonna move forward and whatever happens happen and thank God you know everything you know work out okay. So yeah. it sounds like you you didn't look at it as a, as a big risk you looked at it like we're gonna make this thing work. Exactly exactly I wasn't into that set of mind they said this this is has to be like this mm-hmm. and it needs to happen it needs to happen because I wanna make it happen you know I, I, it's one of those. One of those things that I learned with so many people, one guy till, you know, told me, was, his name was Ruston Hill. He was a great coach, a very experienced guy in business. And, and he told me, Gabriel, you have to make things happen. Nobody's going to make things for you. You have to make things happen. If you really want something in life, you really have to make things happen. Nobody's going to give it to you anything. Hmm. Okay? 
So I kind of, you know, you, when you grow up and you, you listen so many times and you hear it and you got the thing and say, I, I, I'm going to do it, you know, because I'm kind of that guy, you know, I, I'm going to do it no matter what. It, 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 working for me, it wasn't work. I was doing something that I was born to do. So me spending 10, 12 hours a day, 14, 16 hours a day, it was like, okay, no problem. <laughs> I, I was, I'm never tired. I just, I just never tire, you know. I mean, I worked still, my days is still kind of eight hours a day, whatever. I still... I'm almost 60 years old and I still feel like I'm 40 <laughs> because it. it just it just it doesn't get to me. Work it doesn't get to me because I'm doing it with something that I, I was born to do. You know, there's a lot of people ask me, I was born to do this. A lot of people was born to do computer guys or a soccer player, a football player. I was born to be in this business. And for me, it just never been a work, uh, a work day for me. It's went like this for me. I'm sure you had an idea of the kind of experience you wanted to create that was unique to you. What what was that? My experience in the business, you know, being a people person, and the experience that I have, you know, working for in the companies for so many in different in different levels. You know, you go from supervisor to GM to whatever. I think I, I you know, I was in, in that moment. I can say, you know, I I can bring something to the table. It's all my experience. If we don't look back. You know, we just got to bring everything you have that I worked for all my life, and and it just put it into work. One of the things, the philosophy that we have when I was growing up is one guy told me, you don't have, you know, teach me, you don't have customers in the restaurant business. They are going to be your guests. So imagine a kid, 19 years old, 20 years old, getting that therapy every day. They're your guests. They're your guests. How do, what do you think about your guests? How do you, how do you welcome your guests in your house? Well, I have to make sure they're clean, they're nice, I look presentable, I want to have the best the best presentation they come into a house. So that's the mentality you need to have. They're not gonna be your customer. Customers for them, it's gonna be numbers. But for you, it's gonna be your guests because they're gonna be people, they're gonna build those relationships for life. And, and that's got into me like, okay, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it. It's just how I got into the, into the more into the people thing. You know, say, so they're my people. And when we build our business here, my wife and I, we were the perfect combination because I was doing this and she has such a wonderful personality with people. I mean, such a wonderful, big smile, very small and very, very friendly. I mean, and she was in the register and people love her. And I was in the, in the cooking. People like what I cook. And they, you know, not just that, but they like me too. It's like, okay, this is a win, <laughs> this is a win-win situation. And we did it. We did it for almost together for almost five years. And then, then she quit. For a good reason. And then she said, well, let's have babies. That's amazing. Well, I love that you, you think of your the people that walk through the doors as your guests. Mm-hmm. What do you want your guests to feel as they walk out, out of your restaurant? I, I think uh, more than anything else, they, 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 they really enjoy the, the atmosphere. The, the, um, the casual thing it's not a fast food either i want i want them to enjoy that this is not a fast food place you know i want you to be able to come in enjoy the burger your fries your drink whatever and and, and enjoy that time when you've been your family your friends your co-workers and really enjoy that thing and the most important thing is to give that 100 percent plus a reasonable price i think the people can if we can put those things together which has always been my goal and always will no matter what, you know, no matter what the company tell me, they tell me, you know, you raise your price, you're too low. They say, uh, no, I'm not doing it. Uh, this is this is me, my thing. You're the boss now. Yeah, this is this is my thing. This is for the community. This is what I want to make sure people really enjoy it. A really, really good product 
with a reasonable price. You know, we don't have to kill ourselves, you know, for or charge a, an arm and a leg for a burger of rice. But you know, I don't know if you know, but you know, the the, the number one item, uh, the number one dish in the United States that sells the most is burgers. That's the number one. You know what's number two? Fries. Fries. Oh, there you go. He tricked <laughs> we, me. We love in America. We love that thing. We we yeah. just happen to love burgers and fries. That's our thing. You know. And and uh, and I want to continue doing that. You know, providing that to our to our guests to the next generation because yeah, now they experience this. Now I see kids that were you know in their arms when they make you know in the, in many years ago. Now they were running around and the kids that were when teenagers now they have families and. It just become like a family, you know, things that I always want to have and to get to know everybody, you know, and it's, it's just, it's nice. It's just really nice, really rewarding. I'll be back with my conversation with founder and owner of One and Only Burger, Gabriel Pineda, in just a moment. Well, I'm here with my realtor and McKinney real estate expert, Jill Lee of the JJL Realty Group and Remax Four Corners. Howdy. Jill, I have a huge question for you. What's going on in the McKinney market these days? Well, it's very interesting. You know, I think in the fall, everything kind of slowed down a little bit. Number one, because it's the holidays and it kind of slows down that time of year anyway. But what, three months ago, rates went up into the eights. So obviously that had something to do with it too. So it's it's interesting because we're starting to see the rates trickle down. And I think as the year goes on, they're also supposed to trickle down more. And let me ask you, because I think in the U.S., the real estate market went down, you know, it slowed down with the interest rates. But we kind of live in a little bit of a, a real estate bubble here in North Texas, North Dallas area. Did it slow down for us and maybe not as much as for the U.S.? For sure. Was I still seeing multiple offers on houses that were amazing and beautiful and good? Absolutely. So I think that it slowed down because of rates and because of the season, but it was still busy and healthy and good compared to the rest of the U.S., I would agree. Totally. And now that we're in this, so we're sitting here in early March, now that spring break is upon us and the school year is starting to trickle to an end, are you seeing things pick up? I know you had a showing the other day that you had multiple, multiple offers on. Yes. Yeah. It was a cute little one-story house, and we got over 20 offers on it. 20 offers. Yeah. The sellers were quite excited. Quite excited. So, yeah, I think as we get into spring, and then, uh, like we were t- talking about, I think that as the rates go down, it's just going to get busier. Not like it was two years ago, but, but busier. And so... We were talking about this earlier. Should you buy now or should you wait till they trickle down? And I think the advantage to buying now would be you're not dealing with crazy multiple offers, way over asking price, and you can always refinance later. My favorite lender has a saying and he says, marry the house and date the rate. Marry the house and date the rate. So you can get a loan now, but you can always re... Oh, that's why you're dating. You can always exactly. say... You always say, you know what? Your breath is not great. <laughs> I'm going to go date somebody else. Yeah. But marry the house because you fall in love with the house. Exactly. And it's yours. And it's yours and you can always refinance. Yes, exactly right. And I think, too, one thing to keep in mind, relative to history, we're in the eight percents now. I think we're going down. That's still pretty good. I mean... People remember when rates were in the teens and the 20s. I mean, we're so young that we don't remember it, but some people do. Like, 
Historically, rates have been higher. They're really not crazy high relative to history now. But at, to your point, you can refinance yeah. even if you feel like you can get a better rate. Exactly. I took a class with a guy named Randy Smith, and he's really well known for uh, the class that I took with him was a accreditation for luxury listings. And he said, I don't know why everybody's freaking out about these rates. He's like, 13, 15% was totally normal. He said, these are below normal still. Still. Even at 8%, 7%, 6%, that's still quite a bit below normal. So one last thing, because I think a lot of people listening are like, hey, I'm not in the market to buy. I'm not in the market to sell. But a lot of people have, they've got an accountant, they have a, a lawyer, they've got maybe a trainer. But a lot of people don't have a realtor and they're thinking, well, I don't need one because I'm not buying and selling. But if you're thinking, I mean, your your home is the biggest investment that most people will make. And you may want to, I don't know, renovate. Maybe you want to add a pool. Maybe you're thinking, do I want to redo the bedroom or the bathroom? They need an expert like you, Jill. And that's what that's what I'm here for. Or they need Absolutely. a good plumber or they need a good... Yeah paint person or something yes if someone doesn't have someone to lean on doesn't have a realtor they should reach out to you absolutely and i don't want the end of our closing day to be the last time that they talk to me so i'm here for which room do you think we should do what's going to bring more value to my house for sure and then also just the referrals for i need an electrician i need a plumber somebody that does great yard work and so that's that's what we want to be here for is that referral source as well so if someone wanted to reach out what's the best way for them to do that i would love an email at jill at jjlrealtygroup.com that's a lot of typing jill at jjlrealtygroup.com well awesome well you're going to join us each week next week or in two weeks we're going to talk about maybe some trends in homes that you're seeing that is your specialty so make sure you tune in in two weeks we're going to talk about that well jill thanks for joining us thank you for having me well let's step back into the one and only burger and continue our conversation with gabriel pineda i wanted to ask you because a hamburger is is ground beef and some bread and some condiments but it's it's much more than that right when you put it all together it becomes this very delicious thing that everyone wants to eat. What do you think it is about the hamburger, maybe the fries, that get people so excited and, and want to share with friends and family? I think uh, most of it, most of it would be the freshness. I think the freshness because most of the most of the times I get a lot of people tell me it's like I I used to cook at home like that. Or I had somebody in the family, a friend that used to cook like that at home, and this is what they get from the here, you know. And it's just so fresh, and we cook it in the moment. And that's priceless. You know, people don't, you know, really like that. You know, still nowadays, freshness, there is no substitution for freshness. But coming to the one and only, we can assure you there is, there is going to be fresh no matter what. Sometimes we run out. You know, sometimes we run out of potatoes. I run out of potatoes. Sometimes I run out of meat. We just run out of meat and that's cool. It's okay. We It's time to go home and relax and we start all over again tomorrow or the next day. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah. And what do you, the people that work for you here, what what do you want them to feel? Because I think this this is not just a place to work. I feel like you've created more of a family environment. So what what do you want your workers to feel when they're here? I think I think my my the message across the team has been like that. You know, you're my family. You're not any. You're not a number. You're not. A, 
you know, the person who just cared about you being here at nine o'clock in the morning or, or 10 o'clock in the morning or whatever, you have to be on time. No, no, no. This is more a relaxing atmosphere, the family atmosphere where they can, they can feel comfortable talking to me at any time they want. If they need something, they come to me and it happens so many times. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Gabriel, I need this. And now I, they know I'll be there for them. If I can do it, my wife and I, we committed to help them out. You know, whatever it is they need. Because, you know, life is, you know, sometimes we have issues, you know, issues or whatever. And we have to be able for, to help them out, you know, and be for them, you know. And, and experience the chance to experience with Francis, you know, be working with her right now. We have, last year, we had the first time in my life where I had the chance to spend time with my grandkids, Chance and Carter, and my other daughter, Jonna. They were helping me in, 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 in Sherman for the, throughout the summer. In that, my friend, Jeff, it's just priceless for me, you mm. know, to spend time with them, working with them together, seeing the kids trying to do a good job or trying to, uh, to, to do something. It's like, that's just really nice. It's, it's, it's all worth it. I mean, it doesn't matter what, how many hours that I work or how many years that I've been in the business. This moment for me last summer, it was just priceless, you know, having my, my grandkids and my other daughter, Jonna, be there for me and working all together like a family. So it's mission accomplished for me, you know, mm. it's a family. And what would you tell someone or want to say to someone who's not been in your store before? What would, what would you tell them? I just tell, I wanted to tell everybody that we've been almost 10 years and it's going to be, I'm going to do a little promotion. It's going to be in May 18, 2024. 10 year anniversary. Yeah, 10 year anniversary. Yes, it's coming. Just be prepared for that. We're going to have fun here. Like every year, you know, because we, every year we celebrate an anniversary. So this is not going to be an exception. Now it's going to be bigger and better. So... I just want the people really to come to the, the one and only, knowingly, that we, we really care. And my team, they're my team, and, and the family, they, they, we have, they, they, we care about what we do. And this is one of those things. You see, what is the key about the people? I usually, I like to believe in God. God provides me the people that really care what they do. Mm. And when they do care about the, what they do, it just makes the difference in what they make. If you care... I don't care if it's just burgers and fries. That's going to take different. Because if you don't care, if you're just there for the money, and, and it's just because you're for the job, that's, believe me, that doesn't taste good. You know? It's going to say it's gonna taste just simple, plain, or whatever. And we know about that. You know? And the one and only, and I like to say most of the people, I will not say 100%, but I would like, but not really, a lot of people, is, they really care. They really do care about what they do. And that for me, it's just, it's, it's just priceless for me, all the people that I work with. Francis, she's still working for free, you know? <laughs> and she still loves what she does and helps me out with all this thing. So I know she cares, and, and it's one of the reasons we're here, you know? So. What what breaks your heart? What? I'm just, <laughs> what I'm just leaving it at that. Like, when you see something in the world, like, what kind of breaks your heart? Uh, I don't know. I see so many people that are still hungry in this world. <laughs> You know, we can do so much more as, as, as a human race, you know, and, and we see a lot of people out there that they don't have a place to eat and food to, or, or right now clothes in their, in their body with this kind of weather experience or whatever. It's just that's what breaks my heart because we, you know, after so many thousands of years, we've still been able to really to help everybody. And that's my only thing I have. I think it really breaks my heart, you know, when I see people really suffering, it's, you know, when, when, when we, I know we can do better. It's, it's a human race. That's my thing. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And what fills your heart with joy? 
a good burger and a good price. <laughs> and the one and only. <laughs> you're your yeah, own best yeah, customer. Yeah, well, there's so many things in my life. You know, I, I, I'm beginning, I'm learning, you know, I'm changing, I, I'm, I'm moving, I, I'm, I'm getting, I don't know, I'm different. I, I'm growing up, I'm getting mature, I guess. You <laughs> know, I told Francis, we have a conversation not long ago where I told Francis, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm changing. And she goes like, yeah, you have changed. You're changing. And, and there's so many different things that I enjoy now in life at my age, you know, that, that is important for me. You know, it's been important for me, uh, my family, my career, my business. But I, I enjoy a lot of stuff. I like, I like to enjoy it. But the most important thing I enjoy is just with me and my family. You know, being, this, is mo this moment is spending with Francis and, and not just with her, but any time that I can spend with my family is great. You know, it's, it's been wonderful. And it's, I cannot, I've been blessed and I cannot thank enough God for, for that. Would it be fair to say that the secret to success, it sounds like hard work, determination, but also people that come alongside you to help along the way as well. Oh, definitely, definitely. I, I wouldn't do that with, I wouldn't donate anything. You know, so many people in my life, first of all, my mom and dad, you know, they helped me out by the supporting me and believing me. You know, my, my dad pretty much told me one time, he said, you know, you don't look back, you got the experience, you don't look back. Just just go on, do your thing, you know? They say, you, you'll, be, you'll be okay, just do your thing. And, okay, Papa, you know? And my mom always, you know, the words of your mom, Always very encouraging. Yes, Miko, you're gonna be okay. Just, just keep going. You know, there's just there's nothing you can do. It's like, okay, mom. You know, and then we have Francis, and then I have my wonderful wife, Chris, right now, who believe he did not believe. She did not believe him in the beginning <laughs> because she's like, a, she was scared like a lot of people in the beginning. They say, well, what are you doing? You know, how are we gonna build this? How are we gonna build the bills? And she was concerned. And I say, don't worry about it. We're gonna be okay, you know. But she, of course, she was already concerned because she she cares about us. And I say, what are we doing? You know, this, you, you you quit your job and now. You don't have a job now. You're going into these things. What's gonna happen? A lot of things, a lot of questions there was, and, and and that's okay. You know, for me that was okay because I I say I told her, I say this gonna happen. We're gonna make it. I'm gonna make it happen. So that's what make us really. It's a lot of people, a lot of things, the stories that I can tell you right now. But it's a lot of people along the way that helps me out a lot. And I, I wouldn't do it all myself. But all everything, everything I think, like I say, everything's aligned, you know, thanks to God. He put me in this path, you know, and he started putting me the people and places and, and things that I need to do in order for me to be happening. Well, what a joy it was to get to speak with Gabriel. And he mentioned Francis several times, one of his daughters. And it, this episode gets better. We get to talk. To Francis, you know, a lot of times when someone's got a dream, they fulfill that dream. That dream becomes not only their dream, but they pass that or push that on to their family. What struck me about Gabriel is he did not really push his dream of the one and only burger onto his kids. He really wanted them to develop their own dreams as well. And so I got the opportunity to, to talk about that and speak with and get to chat with his daughter, Frances. Since the beginning, so back in 2014, I was finishing up my last year of college and my undergrad at UNT, and I was driving from Denton to McKinney every single day to come and help, even before we opened, just helping with some of the floors that we were having issues with, helping set up the registers. I actually did all of the accounting and payroll, and so, yeah, really anything and everything at that point in, in the in the business. And then I stayed the first 
about six months, nearly seven months. And then I started my student teaching and I, that's a 40 hour. If you know any teachers that is Monday through Friday, you are basically the teacher, but you're not getting paid like the teachers. And so I would still work weekend, which for here means Saturday because we're not closed. Oh, we're not open on Sundays. We're closed. But I would still come up every Saturday on and off. But full time, I, I really drew back just in that after month six. Yeah. And then in the summers, I would help out whenever needed and pretty much have kept that same schedule over the last. Yeah. Over the last 10 years, it's been Saturdays when I can help. And Sundays, Sundays, sometimes I'll go with my dad and we'll do marketing stuff or responding to emails that I need his help with that. I need to. Hey, I need your opinion or. I run the social media pages 24-7, so that job is never... That's just when I have time as well. So I run the Facebook. Um, I just recently made us a TikTok. I'm not sure how that's going to go. <laughs> but but yeah, so that's probably been my involvement, just here and there, whenever I'm needed, really outside of the parameters of my, of my other job because I have a passion for teaching and education, and I love what I do, and I love my father, and I love this business, but I... I know I was not born to work in the restaurant business. My father has said that for years. He was born to work in the restaurant business. I was born to work with children and be an educator, and I love it. And I wouldn't give it up for the world. Even if even if this restaurant had 10 more locations, I don't think that I would give up teaching. I would probably work a little bit more weeknights but if we had 10 locations. But but that's the extent of my where I'm kind of my involvement now just a little bit of here a little bit of there and tell us about your teaching because and i know you, as you said you have a passion for it uh, where are you what age are you are you focused on what subjects absolutely so my professional career has always been in secondary education so my initial certification was grade 7 through 12 in english language arts and reading and so teaching the grammar and doing the novel studies and things like that and I really have enjoyed middle school is really where my heart has been. And I got an opportunity to move from Denton, where I was living at the time, to Dallas to teach in a Title I school there. I had an f- old friend that was working there. And they said, we really need a good person. We, these kids need help. Like, please come and help us. And so then I started working in Southeast Dallas. And I stayed there for seven years working as a teacher, seventh grade primarily. But... Really, with working with kids, the passion has been there since I was very, very young. Working in, in Dallas, I, I worked at Title I schools, which is just a very a classification for a high percentage of the student population being having socioeconomically low profiles. I was more than a teacher. I was their counselor. I was sometimes their parent. I was their snack giver. Anything that I could possibly have given to them, I gave. And I, being in that servant role for me was really, really important. I wanted, if I could help somebody, I would, right? Even if it meant bringing coats or shoes or providing them food every day or the stuff that just didn't really even matter to teaching. But in my brain, if a kid is hungry, they're not going to listen to anything about poetry, right? Or if they're worried about, I had a particular student who I took under my wing because her and her family were living in a motel and then the father was sent to to jail again and she came to me and was like I just don't know what I'm gonna do and I was like don't worry about it I'm here like what do you need and working with her family it's just one of many examples over the last eight years that I've had but it, it just really comes from impacting people's lives you know people remember me and people when they 
when they see me again, the, the feeling of such joy that I get when they tell me thank you and when they say, it, it makes me just want to cry. But it is, it is just, it's such a overwhelming feeling to know that you impacted somebody's life um, in that way. And yeah, I mean, especially at such a vulnerable time in kids' life. Middle school is rough. Nobody likes it. I didn't even like it when I was when I was. I don't young. think anyone really likes middle school. Yeah, right. Tell me your favorite middle school story. No, <laughs> there is none. It does not exist. So, for me, I think if you had asked me when I was in middle school if I would ever be teaching middle school, I would have probably told you you were insane. <laughs> and no way. Why would I ever go back to middle school? But now, having been at the middle school for so long and really working with those 12 and 13 year olds who are trying to figure themselves out and figure their lives out and their families out. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. I love that. And mm-hmm. in, in the teachers that I know, as you mentioned, it's, it's not just I'm a teacher, but I'm also playing all these other roles for these students. Mm-hmm. And that, that's got to be exhausting. And yet you spend a lot of your free time here at One and Only Burger supporting this restaurant. Why do you do that? I learned very early on that to, to be who I am and to get both personally and professionally, I needed support. And the people in my family were the ones who supported me. And in my brain, this is the smallest thing I can do for how I have grown from them, right? Even my grandfather, he, he, he grew up pretty much destitute. They're mother abandoned them and they were raised by this very small town of people and he decided very early on he wanted to make something of himself and he did he went to college and he was the first to do so other than myself I was the first after him to do so again and to to making money and investing in real estate and being smart with his with his business ventures I saw that in him and then I saw it in my father and then I realized I could do the same thing but they both had support. They had family, they had people. My grandfather built his support from his brothers and from the friends that he made in college. And so yeah, I I guess to get back to your original question, I I ha- I want to do this because it's for me it's it's not even an even exchange, right? Mm. It's I want to do this because I love my family and I want my my family to be successful and if I know I'm good at something, training people on cashiers, doing accounting, what have you, then why not help out? And so, yeah, I don't, I don't have a particular amount of free time in general. <laughs> it's usually with my dog, watching Law & Order SVU, things like that. But I enjoy it, you know. So it, it feels like this restaurant is not just a restaurant. It's really an extension of your family. It is. It is. And we can never let go of the one and only in in fact, every time we sit down to eat, doesn't matter if it's breakfast, lunch, dinner, it could, we could be in a, you know, we could be at a restaurant. I know we go out in either places, but we could be at my house, my dad's house, doesn't matter where we go. If we sit down anywhere, before we eat, we say, thank you, God. <laughs> it's not even an official prayer or anything because we're not holding hands or anything like We learned it very young, even before the one and only. It was thank you, God. And then thank you, mom. Mom always came next after God, right? <laughs> and then it's thank you one and only. That is, it is literally thank you God, thank you mom, thank you one and only. And it's so funny, even my nephews will, well, they, they understand. They're like, thank you one and only. Like they, everybody understands that this is just, this is just us. Love it. 
Yeah. What do you admire the most about your dad? Golly. So many things to admire about my dad. His general attitude, even when I was growing up, he, he was not the kind of person to get angry. And if you've ever had any young teenage girl around you in your presence, we, we know how to make people angry and push the right buttons. And I would try my darndest and say, like, come on, get mad at me. Like, pushing the buttons. Like, come on, you know? Like, I want, I want, I want to see it. I still have never seen my dad in that way at all. He's such a chill guy. Everything is, everything's like, oh, it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. Like, God has us a plan. I'll be worried about something. I have a little bit of anxiety and he'll say, nah, like, don't worry about it. He's like, you know, just breathe and everything will be okay. Like, God's got our back. You know, I've got your back. We've all, we've got the familia. That's what matters. And, and that has always been his attitude. It is just very, very temperate. And I really, really admire that about him. Yeah. And you're, you're pouring yourself into these 12-year-old middle school kids. You're pouring yourself into your dad's business here. It's really your family business. You're teaching people here at the restaurant. You said the restaurant's not what you're built to do. You're built to teach. What's next for Francis? Like As you think about what your goals are, are, are there things that you're like, I'd really love to go do this, or you're just happy doing what you're doing now? What, what are some of the things, what are your aspirations? I really do love being in the classroom. It's, it's one of the many joys. When we have professional development days and there are no kids on campus, I feel a little sad because I have to work with other adults. No, because <laughs> I don't get to see the kids. But I still, I still do see myself in some sort of leadership role. I'm just not sure how far up that is. My favorite part of doing anything is teaching and working with people. So, you know, it's it's kind of striking me because we talked to your dad and he, he said something about, you know, I was I was made to do this. I, I'm listening to you, and it, it would be I think easy to say I'm just going to work in the family business. I think that would be easy to do, but you're like, no, I was built to. I was made to teach. And I just, I admire that because I think a lot of people sometimes just gravitate towards what's convenient or easy or there, but it sounds like you guys really focus on what is it that I'm really made to do? Yes. And actually there, there was a time when we first opened when, before I went back for student teaching where my father and I had this exact conversation. Miha, what do you want to do? What what do you feel passionate about? What makes you happy? He's big on like making sure everybody feels happy. And he goes, because if it's not, he's like, he's like, I'm not asking you to be the one and only, you know, I'm not asking you to take it over. Like there's no expectation of anybody taking the reins one day. And, you know, he's like, he's like, if if I only do this for the rest of my life and and that's it, he's like, and then I die and then it's over, you know, he's like that's great. He's like, that's great. And it was a very hard conversation to have one, because just thinking about those typical expectations that come with um, family businesses. But at the same time, I felt really relieved that that was my father's opinion and that he pushed me to do anything and everything that, that I wanted to. And at the time that was in the process of becoming a certified teacher here in Texas, but yeah, ever since then, I mean, that's, we've pretty much just had an understanding. There's, it, it is what it is and that he, he loves this. He was born to do this. And if, 
if it dies with him, it's okay. You know, he will be fulfilled and happy in, in looking back on his life. There's something really admirable about your dad. His dream is not necessarily your dream, and he understands that. He wants you to find your dream, it sounds like. Absolutely. Is that accurate? Yes, 100%. There are some times where I'll say, oh, you know, I have this going on or I was coaching girls basketball for a couple years and we had practice every day and games and stuff like that. And then sometimes games on Saturdays. And I was like, oh, I can't commit. Don't worry about it. Don't even what do you don't forget the one and only. Right. You, you live your life like don't even worry about it. And just several of those opportunities where where that was just the case, you know, and. It hasn't always been a verbal support. It has been, hey, you know, you need money for your books, right? Or I I know you're supporting me opening the one and only, right? Instead of you paying rent in Denton, just come live with me, right, for free. And then you can enjoy your studies and have more time to focus on what you want to do. Enjoy your life. He's like, explore McKinney. He's like, it's a growing place. And, and then we'll go from there. So, I mean, even even in a lot of those instances, it's so it's so crazy because I can't believe we're coming up on 10 years. But just so many opportunities where he was like, don't worry about it. He really is just super supportive that way. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you for pouring into our next generation. It, it is quite admirable. Thank you. I appreciate that. Say thank you to every teacher out there. I mean, also give a hug. We all need a hug and we all need a thank you. <laughs> There's no doubt. He's like, I could see you first woman president. And he said that to me when I was about 15 years old. And I said, ha, 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 very funny. But he still jokes about it. He still jokes about it. He's like, superintendent? He's like, then go to law school. And then he's like, he's like, people would listen to you. He's like, he's like, you have such a heart. You could do it. You could do it. I bet you if you asked him now, he, he would say I could do it. But so 2024, campaign near you, Francis Pinetta, um, <laughs> running on an education platform. So, Love it. But no, just kidding. But yeah, that's that's funny. That's just going back to him believing in my dreams. If I had said I wanted to do that, 100% would have would have helped make it happen. <laughs> he still would. He still would. If I just looked at him and said, hey, I'd like to go to law school. I'd like to work in this whole politician's game. And what is what does it feel like to have a dad that will support and encourage you to follow those dreams? It It feels amazing. It feels amazing to have a dad like that. It also feels a little sad when I think about the of uh, the amount of people who don't have that support it's a it's it's definitely bittersweet yeah yeah because yeah. it is you know unfortunately not always the case yes yeah and I I have to be hesitant sometimes bragging about my father because I have had so much experience talking to people where they're, they're just father or not or any otherwise they just don't have the support and so it ends up being sort of a quiet humbleness about my family where and it's so funny to be bragging about them now because I just normally I'm like I just relish in it on yeah. my own. It's okay to be thankful for that. But absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm I'm super lucky. I don't know how I got this lucky with my family, even my mother and and the rest of my family. I I I know I never really will have to worry about about being supported in in my heart and what I want to do. Well, what a joy it was to sit down with Gabriel and Francis, and I want to thank them both for their warm hospitality. The one and only burger. You may have to go out of your way to find it, 
but that feels fitting when you consider the journey the owner took to get there. And when you know the story behind the scenes, it makes the destination worth the drive. Because you'll find a family quietly making their dreams a reality. You'll find a place where customers are treated like guests and employees are considered family. And oh yeah, you'll find a dang good hamburger. My name is Jeff Harrell, and this is Discovering McKinney. Discovering McKinney is hosted and produced by me, Jeff Harrell. It is edited and engineered by the great Steve Cinnamon Bear Saunders. Yummy! A big thanks to everyone at the one and only Burger for hosting me for the evening. And thanks to my realtor and real estate expert, Jill Lee at JJL Realty Group. And of course, thanks to my great friend, Marcy Bazer for her wit and keen insight. If you have a story, a person, a business, an idea that you would like me to cover here on Discovering McKinney, send me an email, jeff at discoveringmckinney.com. Until next time, my name is Jeff Harrell, and this is Discovering McKinney.